Welcome to Parker's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. This week's guest speaker is Reverend Gary Cornelius. Waymaker. I don't know what that means to you. It probably means something different to everybody in this room. But that means that God is concerned about everything that goes on in our life. God cares about everything that you and I do. Pray with me this morning as we start. Father, thank you for meeting us here. God, thank you for being that way maker. God, we just ask that you open our hearts to respond to you this morning. God, thank you for allowing us to worship you. And as we continue, God, we just pray that you will speak through your word. And God, challenge us to leave here different than when we came. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I'm going to show you a story, an old story, but we're going to look at it hopefully from a new perspective this morning. We're going to look at the story of David and Goliath, and to be honest with you, most of you in this room could probably come up here and tell us everything that we know, everything that we've grown up with about this story. But I want to share something with you this morning, just to be honest with you, that I believe God has shown me, and I'm excited about being able to share with you. I don't know if you'll get the same thing, so if you don't, just humor me. Let me get excited about what I believe God is saying to us this morning, okay? Because I believe every one of us in this room are facing giants. Every single one of us, and if you say, well, I'm not, well, then you've missed it, okay? But I want us to take a look at this story this morning, and I'm not going to read the whole scripture. I'm going to pick out different parts and, and roll us through some things. But I want us to understand this morning, I believe God puts giants in our path sometimes. I believe sometimes as we're going through life that sometimes God puts giants in our path. And we have a choice to make. We can either run away or we can run to him. And depending on what we do, that will determine the impact that we have in life. Now, we know the story of David. We heard it. We've grown up as kids hearing this story. But I think too many times that we, and listen to me, I think that we too many times look at characters in the Bible and say, wow, they were way up here. They had everything together. I can't relate to them. Listen to me. David was a young guy, okay? Teenager, maybe his early 20s. Okay, David had a lot to learn. David didn't have all the answers. He had a relationship with God. The Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. A person that has Jesus Christ in their heart as their Lord and Savior. Guess what? You have his heart if we listen to him. So I want you to understand this morning, that's where we're coming from. So don't you look at this story this morning and say, well, well, David, he had it all together. I can't relate to him. Listen to me. This story could be just as well you and I. David was facing giants. Now, I want us to look at some principles this morning, and I'm going to show you from this story some principles that I believe apply to every one of us, and that every time we face the giant, if we'll apply these, then God will get the glory. First thing I want you to see that David did is that David was practicing reframing the problem. Now, David was facing a giant. We all agree with that, right? David was facing a giant. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4, I want you to listen to this scripture. 
says, Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. I want you to notice the first sentence there. Then a champion came out. This means that Goliath was a proven champion. He wasn't some guy who just showed up on the scene. Everybody knew his reputation. Everybody was scared. We know the story. The, the, the Israelites were out in the field. They were facing the Philistine army. Goliath is coming out there. He's nine feet plus. Okay? Nine feet plus. I don't know about you, but if I'm standing in front of a guy who's nine foot tall, I'm not going to be going, oh, wow, this is going to be easy. David and the, and the Israelite army, they had to look at this and go, wow, the odds are stacked against us. But notice that word champion there. He was already proven. So David had a giant to face. But you know what David did? David didn't look at the giant as the problem. David reframed the problem. I want you to look down in verse 26 of chapter 17. It says, Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? David was facing the giant but he didn't look at the giant as the problem. You know what David did? He turned it around. He said, well, guys, we've got a problem here. You see, Goliath was mocking Israel. He was making fun of them. He was taunting them. He was making fun of their God. And instead of David looking at his problem and said, oh, i got this nine-foot-plus guy standing out here, David looked at it and said, hey, guys, we got a problem. He is trashing our God. Goliath is going completely against this God that we serve, the one true living God. Sound familiar? Live in a world that sometimes says your God's not real? As you look at this scripture, you need to understand that David reframed the problem. David didn't focus on the giant. David already had experience. The Bible tells us he had killed a lion and a bear in private. So this giant was not necessarily any bigger of an obstacle to him. He looked at this and said, this is God's problem. This is where God comes in. You see, too many times in our lives, y'all, we, we face something. We face that giant. You may be going through something right now. And you say, Gary, you have no idea the giant that I'm facing in my life. Guess what? God is bigger than that giant. But if we focus on the giant, that's when we get scared and run the other way. David reframed the problem. Sometimes in life, y'all, we have to go and look and say, wait a minute. How does God see this? What is going on here that God wants to do in me or through me or with me that may change everything? Sometimes we have to reframe the problem. I heard a story the other day about a man who was a senior adult, and he got him a new car, got him a Corvette. He got out of the car lot, and he said, man, this is going to be great. Reliving my, my teenage years, so he cranks up the car, he's gone, he's heading down the highway, he's doing 70, he's doing 80. All of a sudden, he looks in his rear view mirror, and there's a state trooper behind him. So what do you think he does? 
floors it. He takes off 90, 100, 110, 120. Then all of a sudden he goes, oh my goodness, what am I thinking? Man, I'm too old for this. He pulls the car over. State trooper gets out of the car. Comes out and says, sir, you realize how fast you were going? Yes, sir. He said, well, sir, it's Friday afternoon and my shift ends in 30 minutes. And if you can give me an excuse, a reason for you going this fast that I've never heard before, then I'll let you off without a ticket because I'm ready to go home. The man looked at him and said, well, sir, 25 years ago, my wife ran off with a state trooper and I was afraid you were bringing her back. You see, sometimes we have to reframe the problems and look at things from a different perspective. David didn't see just the giant. David saw this giant was trashing his God. He said, my God's bigger than that. But he doesn't stop there. That's the first principle. So when you're facing giants in your life, you've got to reframe the problem and see things through God's eyes. I didn't say that was easy, but that's what David did, and that's the example that he gave us. The second principle is that we have to embrace uncertainty. Uncertainty means we don't know what's going to happen, right? Sometimes in life, circumstances start taking place that we have no control over. Look in verse 33. Then Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. The, the king Saul says, look, David, you need to understand the circumstances here, dude. You're, you're young. You're too young for this. You can't handle this. And here is this guy Goliath out here. Remember, he's a champion. He's been fighting since he was your age. What are you thinking? Look at the circumstances, David. You can't do this. You ever felt like that? You ever face circumstances and feel like, I can't do this? You ever face a situation where everything and maybe even everybody points to it and says, I can't do this? When we're facing giants in our life, we have to reframe the problems, but we have to embrace uncertainty. David was facing circumstances here that he didn't necessarily understand. You can't tell me that David understood everything that was going on. Again, we read the Bible, we look at it, and we say, oh, well, David had it all together. He was, look, this is why God gives us his word so that we can relate to us. David was a normal person. He was facing circumstances that were beyond his control. He had nothing to do with Goliath. He couldn't control how experienced he was. But not only that, I want you to notice that David was vulnerable in this situation. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 38 and 39. It says, Then Saul clothed David with his garments, put a bronze helmet on his head. He clothed him with armor. Verse 39, David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. David was vulnerable. He had to take the the armor off. He could not go into battle as Saul. He was going to have to go into battle as David. Now you see, all of the Israelite army was scared. 
David took the challenge, but he could not go face this battle being someone else. You ever wish you were somebody else when you were facing something? You ever wish you could pass the problems that you're facing off to somebody else? You ever wish you could take that situation that you're in and just sort of pass it off to somebody and say, God, I really don't want to do with this? We need to understand that one of the principles that we have to face, that we have to apply in our life, is we have to embrace uncertainty. And that means that we have to be vulnerable. God allows us to be vulnerable a lot of times so that we can understand who He is and how He works in our lives. And as I look at this story with David, I remember hearing these stories as a a small child growing up in church. You've heard them too. But I've never looked at it and said, wow, David went in. Okay, God, it's just me, you, and this giant. And that's all I've got. But that's all I need. You see, folks, if we're not willing to be vulnerable, if we're not willing to be ourselves, then God will not be able to work in our lives because we're pretending to be something or somebody else. David was facing giants, and he had to be vulnerable. And not only that, David wasn't sure of his outcome necessarily. Oh, yeah, he told him what was going to happen, but I want you to notice something. Look in verse 40. It says he took a stick in his hand, and he chose for himself one smooth stone from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Right? No? Two stones? Five stones. I don't know. I can't explain to you. I don't have anything that tells me exactly why he did that. But David picked out more than one. And in my mind, I'm sitting here going, just in case. Maybe I need some extra rocks. David wasn't exactly sure how this was going to turn out. He did know God was on his side. He did know that God was somehow going to get the victory. But don't you tell me that David was just in for a walk in the park facing this giant. He went to the brook. He grabbed five stones. David was willing to face his fears. And folks, listen to me. If we're not willing to face our fears, if we're not willing to confront them head on, then God won't be able to use us. We have to be willing to understand that when we face our fears, it deepens our dependence on God. When we face things that we know, hey, I can't do this, guess who we have to depend on? God, right? David went into this with five stones. I heard a song the other day talking about David went to a sword fight with rocks, okay? He didn't quite come with the same weaponry that Goliath had. He's nine foot tall. He's got a sword that probably weighs half as much as David does. And David comes with rocks. What was David depending on? He was depending on his God to somehow get him through. The only thing that he knew. You see, David reframed the problem. It wasn't the giant. It was this giant was going against God. And he was willing to embrace uncertainty. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he knew that he was going to face this giant. Scared or not, I have to believe that David had to be somehow, somewhat, a little bit nervous. 
no matter what. And he was facing a guy that was nine feet tall. It's pretty big. I would classify that as a giant. You say, but Gary, you don't understand. My giant is much bigger than that because you can't necessarily see it. But I can, I can, I can feel it. I see it happening in my life. But it's not necessarily a person. It's all these things that are going on, they're just too big. Well, that's what David was facing. It was too big for David to face on his own. You see, the Israelite army looked at him and said, here's this young guy, probably a teenager, going out to battle, no armor, and some rocks. (laughs) Pretty dumb, right? What do you think they were thinking? Yeah, he's going down. This is going to be ugly. This is going to be over fast. That's what they were thinking. That's what I would be thinking. And let's be real, folks. That's what we would all be thinking if we're just looking at what we see. But if we are going to face the giants and defeat them in our lives, we have to be willing to embrace the uncertainty. But it doesn't stop there. I want you to look in verse 44 and following. I want you to see another principle here. David was willing to seize the opportunity. Look at what happened. And on this screen, I'm going to have some words highlighted I want you to see. The Philistine also said to David, now they had already made a commitment, they Goliath walked out and said, look, you send me your best guy, me and them a fight, winner take all. Let's don't have all this other stuff going on. And he sends David out there. They send David out there, and he's laughing. Here's what he says. Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. I guess I forgot to include those weapons too, right? But I come to you, what? In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. David didn't lose sight of what the purpose was. And then look in verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands. I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth. Look, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Notice those pronouns. He will give you into our hands. David was seizing the opportunity. Here's my thought this morning. Could it just be that David showed up? He was not in the army. He just happened to be there. His dad sent him out to check on his brothers. He hears this guy making fun of his God that he knows is the one true living God. He knows this army should know the same thing. And David starts looking around and saying, man, look, how come nobody's going out to fight? Go back to the first question. What happens to the man or for the man who kills this giant? David is asking that question. He says, I am going to seize this opportunity. I wonder, and this is just Gary's thought, I wonder if David was afraid somebody else was going to beat him to the punch. David knew God could take care of that giant, but David didn't want anybody else to get in the way. David wanted to be first. He said, man, I'll do it. My God can do this. 
He may have been wondering, well, hey, if I didn't, who could? What if David didn't kill the giant? What if he allowed somebody else to step in? Could it be that we are missing the fact that God has a plan and that God's bigger than the giants that we face? And as we look at this scripture, could it just be that God is giving us, giving us the opportunity to slay the giant? God will get the glory, but sometimes he allows us to be part of it. David said, I want in on this. Because he saw God was the one fighting the battle. David knew it wasn't about him. David knew it was about his God. And folks, too often in our world today, we're running around and acting like these giants are going to win. We're acting like our God is in hiding somewhere. Why is that? Why is it that we look at this and go, wow, that was cool, that was great. David slayed the giant. That doesn't relate to me. I can't do that. As I look at this, I see that David was willing to seize the opportunity. So the question for us this morning is, are we going to take advantage of that opportunity? Are we going to take the opportunity that's in front of us and say, I'm willing to go after the giant because the giant's not the problem. I'm going to get real personal here. may step on some toes. See, we think the problem in our country is politics. We think it's who's in charge in Washington and all the other places. <laughs> Guess what? We're missing it. As believers, we need to take a step back and go, wait a minute. If God's the one in charge, then I better make sure I'm in tune with him and asking God to be the one leading our nation. Not a person, not a group of people, but God. And what stopped us from doing that? We get animated about that. People fighting about it and all this stuff. Listen, we get excited, and I, I do this. We get excited about 22 men running up and down the field chasing a dead pig. And there are people in this room, if I said something bad about your football team, you'd get mad about it. And we're willing to fight people about it. But yet when people start trashing our God, Oh, well, that's personal. I can't do anything about it. And I'm not saying to fight with them, but I'm saying that when are we going to say, wait a minute, that is not going to prevail. I am going to let God show through me so that God can use me to show this nation who the one true God really is. Look, football games aren't going to mean anything. All that other stuff that we're getting upset about is not going to mean anything. God is giving us an opportunity. It is right in front of us. The question is, what will we do about it? So I'm sorry if I seem excited this morning. But my God has shown me, Gary, get off your rear end and start doing what I called you to do. But God, you don't understand. So many things are so tough. And during my prayer time this morning, I was reminded 
of something that happened so simple Friday night of who the giants are in my life. I've had the privilege and opportunity of being a chaplain for a local high school team. And every Friday morning, I get to speak to them about the game that they're playing Friday night. And I walk up and down and run up and down the sidelines. And Brent, you see me, I get a little excited because I love those boys, okay? I've gotten to know them a little bit. And I want them to win, and I get excited, so I try to share a message with them that'll, that'll get them pumped up, but also help them learn about life. Friday night, we're sitting at the restaurant with my two children and, and, and Julie. And twice, not once, but twice, some of those football players that I didn't even know were in the restaurant came up just to talk to me. Hey, some of them call me preacher, some of them call me brother Gary, some of them call me coach. Jameson, that's dangerous if they call me coach. But but you know what I realized? Just for that short amount of time, they thought it was important that I recognize who they are. And you know what God said to me this morning? You You want to know what those giants are? Satan wants those boys in hell. I don't. Whose side are you going to be on? I can tell you that not every one of those boys who came up and said something to me Friday night know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I know they don't. But am I gutsy enough and willing to fight Satan? Oh, I can't do it. But he can. And he has put you where you are in your life facing the circumstances that you face. Yep, you're facing some giants. And that's an opportunity There's an obstacle in the way. But God's giving us an opportunity to allow him to remove it. My question this morning is, are you going to allow that? I want you to watch this video clip. And I want you to watch the definitions that come up. And I want you to listen to what is said. And I want you to ask yourself, if this is me, where am I going to be? Everything leaves a mark. Every action produces an effect. A ripple that extends into the future. A forensic, I was here. Most people leave only the scraps of self. Empty rooms, faded photographs, dust and bones. They never wake up to the possibility that life is incomplete. What will be the residue of your life? What evidence will future generations have of your existence? What will you leave behind? Very simple this morning. What will you leave behind? I don't know the giants that you're facing this morning. I don't know what you're going through in life. But God does. 
And that's all that matters. That concludes this week's message from Reverend Gary Cornelius. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon dash series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.